Hi, this is Stuart Alexander, co-founder of Niftables, the groundbreaking easy button for creators and brands to make their own NFT platforms. I'm here on the edge of NFT, the easy button for the latest in Web3 and NFTs. Enjoy. Hey there, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out how Niftables is creating an easy button for anyone to launch an NFT platform, why today's guest is inspired by solving big, hairy problems, and why a rosary is today's guest's most prized possession. All this and more on today's episode. Check it out. Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's sponsored Spotlight episode features Stuart Alexander, co-founder of Niftables, the groundbreaking all-in-one NFT tech for creating white-label NFT platforms for creators and brands. Stuart has 14 years of influencer marketing experience and is a social media expert. He is the co-founder of one of the largest influencer marketing companies in Central and Eastern Europe. Niftables is the go-to platform for brands and creators looking to realize their NFT vision, whether they're an individual or the biggest entertainment company in the world. It offers a powerful NFT meta market that consolidates key NFT investing and interactivity features into one easy-to-use platform. Stuart, welcome to the Edge of NFT. Hello. Lovely to be here. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate you joining, man. We're really excited about this. We love easy buttons here, man. We are all about it. And what you're building out there and the vision is grand. I mean, it's phenomenal. It's the kind of thing that as NFT lovers and folks that have been fans of the space, really dating back to crypto kitties and the goodness that that brought to the market, we've been waiting for this. And we really want to know how does this kind of project come to life? What's the origin story behind Niftables? The origin story is that two or three years ago, I left the, I guess, influencer space and I was in the crypto space, found myself in the crypto space quite remarkably surprisingly. I was there for quite a while. I was working with a couple of people in the space and some other projects, advising some NFT projects and so on and so forth. And I'd updated my LinkedIn and had a couple of companies approach me that were looking to kind of come into the, the NFT space. And these were there was quite large companies because I was in the space for a long time as an influencer. So I'd built up quite a few contacts. And I worked closely with these companies for quite a few years and they saw the update. Oh, this guy's into NFTs now. <laughs> Where is he going now? And then, you know, they approached me with the with a couple of options that were looking in to get into this space. But they had a problem because they didn't really want to launch collections on traditional marketplaces because they needed their own kind of white label solution which could serve as part of a kind of wider marketing campaign, you know, the technology, the utilities, and so on and so forth. That makes sense. And this kind of problem applies to pretty much every other brand circling the NFT space right now. And it's kind of obvious, and I don't need to tell you directly, but that means kind of every major brand. And they don't want to be kind of confined by the platforms that are out there at the moment. So we saw that there were things that needed to be designed. I myself had Loved being in the NFT space, but I found a lot of problems in the current marketplace. It was very hard, especially for myself, as I'd been in the crypto space for a while, for coming into these marketplaces. If I'd imagined myself as a non-crypto user, I would just be completely lost, right? And you had all these tutorials online. 
your seven steps to buying your first NFT or your 14 steps. And it was like, it's even for myself, you know, being in tech space for quite a while, being very familiar with uh, technology, it wasn't the easiest thing to get into. So I thought these barriers need to be broken down for sure. We need to target that 98% and kind of make this zero entry barrier into the space. And we saw the problems and there was nothing really at the time offering this full suite of benefits that most of these companies and brands and creators were looking for. So we built it basically <laughs> pretty much. That's something else, man. Right. So nothing, nothing more enjoyable in life, I think, right. than crafting a vision, crafting an idea, and then seeing it become reality. Right. So it's a special thing. And I wanted to take this moment also, by the way, to introduce for everybody, my co-host for today, Audrey Pichy, who is our head of partnerships and community at Edge of NFT and an amazing part of the team. So Audrey, also welcome. And curious if you have any thoughts on one, being here with us here on the episode and two for uh, Stuart as part of this origin story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to be part of this conversation, Stuart. I kind of related to what you said about all of the different courses on NFTs and mentioning that there are so many different ways to find information out there, but having something that streamlines that adopt, that mass adoption is really important to me specifically because I'm not in this space as much as Jeff and Josh has been. So I could definitely relate to that. Well, we're here to help, hopefully. <laughs> And get you into the space for sure. Yeah. I mean, the market, right, in general, the mass market, right, is, I mean, we're just scratching, we're just scratching kind of the tip of the iceberg, scratching the surface, right? And the more that people are focused on bringing mass adoption, about creating those easy buttons for the community, it just seems like the sky's the limit with what the potential is for the space. But there is kind of a high barrier to entry for established brands or established creators that already have communities. And so talk to us a little bit about the functionality of Niftables and how it will work for those creators and their communities. Sure. So in short, basically, Niftables is fully optimized, 100% customizable, white label NFT platform created about around the simple premise that if NFTs don't limit your creativity, then neither should your platform. And exactly what you said a couple of seconds ago, that there's this high entry barrier. And I think it's not just about the crypto. It's also about the user interface, the experience, and what uh, target audience is there for these current existing platforms. And we want to kind of flip the switch, right? So to make our platform the most user-friendly for people that are coming in from our creators and brands that have you know, trusted us and decided to go with us for the platform. So we've made this, I would, I would say it's... it's um, a kind of all-in-one account, the same way you can use Google nowadays to log into things, or you can use your Instagram account to log into different things. My vision is to have the Niftables account as your kind of core login to all white label platforms, our secondary marketplace, and also in the future to connect that Niftables account to different metaverses, even to, for example, who knows, maybe even Spotify to play mm. your kind of music NFTs, right? But to have that kind of cross compatibility with this account for all of the areas that we plan to kind of reach in the future. And, and the account gives you kind of a lot of different features. I'm not sure if I could list all of them, but of course, you know, from the traditional kind of fiat payments, crypto payments. But the great thing is in, in this respect is that you can connect multiple wallets. You can connect your credit card to this one account. 
And once you're logged in in another platform, all of that data is transferred over. So it's kind of one-time login. It's the same if you're signed in on Google all the time. You don't have to keep logging into your emails, right? The same way you don't have to keep inputting your data, your information. But it also works as a centralized exchange in the respect that we can hold the custody of your NFTs for the new users coming in until you're ready to withdraw them. So while you're learning about the space, we're not limiting you to buying the NFTs. You can purchase the NFTs by connecting your credit card. You can pay in fiat. You can keep the NFTs within the platform. You can trade them gas-free because we can do it, of course, from user to user from the kind of centralized approach. And of course, when you're ready to do that, you can withdraw your NFT to an external cryptocurrency wallet if you decide to create one in the future. But the great thing is with Niftables, you don't actually ever have to create one because all of the things you could do with your NFT collection, it's built into that white label platform. From the building side, you can add full customization of utilities as well. In fact, everything is customizable, to be honest, from the rarities to that we have built in rarity scores as well. So no more plugins like, you know, from like Rarity Tools, Rarity Sniper. I've always used that. And I thought, why is that just not built in? So I built it in and there it is. It's done. It wasn't actually that complex. So from these simple features to more complex features, such as a kind of an escrow service for trading NFTs and sending NFTs between users in the Niftables ecosystem. The kind of reason this came to me is I always follow Gary Vee sometimes. I keep seeing that he's warning people about guys, you need to watch out the NFTs that I'm getting airdropped. I'm not buying, you know, some of these NFTs I'm not supporting. I'm just getting airdropped them and people are following this. So we know these new users are going to come in. They're going to be liable to all these scams that are happening in the market because they're, you know, all these users are coming in the first time and us, you know, NFT kind of natives, we already know these kind of scams are going on. So we want to also approach from that side, from the safety side as well, to make sure that the new users coming in are safe. But from the technical side, we have the features such as um, adding that full utility. So it can be bonuses, services, experiences, rewards, metaverse experiences, a piece of merch. And then you can divide that merch also into a hat, a t-shirt. And all of these elements are actually searchable when you're browsing the collection. So you don't have to just see that, okay, this NFT has unlockable content. You can actually browse the whole collection for directly that specific piece of utility that you're looking for. So I don't know, 5% revenue share in the company or this piece of merch or, or a digital or physical asset. All of those things are built in to this fully optimized search engine as well. So it's very quick to find the NFT that you're looking for. We've implemented things such as uh, categorize and organizing the NFTs from A to Z, from rarity score, high to low, certain things that people have always wanted to have. From my experience, I've always wanted to have and the people I've spoken with, we added these kind of things as well. The main topics are the kind of centralized approach so that anyone can come in Anyone can use the technology. Anyone can buy an NFT. They can redeem that NFT for its utilities within the platform as well. So you don't have to track these kind of users across Instagram and Twitter. If you do like, you know, you kind of a lot of projects have utilities now, heavily utility focused, very little platforms building for utility. We'll build exactly for the utility because I guess I felt it coming because I know I've seen all these kind of, I've been tracking this space for a while. So I know that's the next step from the art, the utility metaverse. And then we kind of, I feel like in a year or two, it's just going to be everything NFTs, like even apartments and, and all these bits and pieces. But circling back, I'm kind of getting on, off topic. The, the technology-wise, I think we're just keeping people safe. We want to make sure everyone who's coming in is not getting lost in the space and that everything we do, all these white-label platforms, we also have them verified and no entry barriers. So they can have all this technology. And we actually have full automation of the utilities as well. So without having to, again, track everyone across Discords, Twitters, Telegrams for your giveaways. You can do all of that as the owner of the platform from one command system or one centralized management system. And you can kind of do your airdrops, do your giveaways, do your connect via emails or connect via, I guess, online in a different matter of ways to utilize those utilities so that you don't have to 
have the need to be everywhere at once with your collection. And what that means is that collections that are looking to go heavy utility, and most are now, they can manage it all from this very simple system without having to use other kind of, I would say, social medias, but also means that they can add more utility because they'll have more time to manage it because it will require less time to manage them the traditional way. So I think with our platform, there's going to be the ability to add a lot of different customization utility. And then on top of those utilities, you can actually add merging, breeding, combining, upgrading, fragmenting NFTs, blah, blah, blah. And you can kind of customize it all in, in your own way. So I know there's quite a lot of things in the background. But yeah, I tried to kind of scale it down as much as possible. So Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I just wish you were a little bit more passionate about it, Stuart, to be honest. But no, <laughs> you're all about it, man. This is amazing, dude. Like, And wow, what a vision, right? What a comprehensive vision. And I don't know, there are very few companies, very few projects that have such a comprehensive view of what they want to accomplish and want to deliver as part of their core offering. Right. As you said, mm-hmm. you have this kind of piecemeal. It's here, it's there. You got to use this product, you use different rarity tools and so on. You know, so I definitely commend you on that vision and the execution side of it as well. You are actually executing against that vision. One yes. piece of that that really jumps out, and we we touched on it a little bit before was mass adoption, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you actually achieve that? And so I'm curious as to your thoughts on that. Like, what are the things that are at the forefront of your mind that you have to do to really get that adoption? We talked about some of those features, but what about those features? And then also, how do you market that to the broad you know, audience out there? What's that trigger that gets you mass adoption? I think it's just a wider understanding of what NFTs can be used for. And I think the core of this is going to be showing people that the NFTs can have a much wider scale of utility than they have had to date. You know, mainly to date JPEGs and everyone's going around, you know, saying, well, I can just copy and paste that. And, you know, that kind of argument. Of course, we know that argument is invalid from a technological point of view, but it was kind of the other side's argument. But now if you can say that this NFT is backed by an exclusive experience with so-and-so, this NFT gives you partial ownership of this hotel, which is normally valued at $1.2 billion, maybe going into a a project we're planning to do, maybe not. But this hotel is valued at $1.2 billion. You can't afford it yourself, but maybe you can come together with a couple hundred people and now you're the owner of this hotel. And it becomes you know, a kind of DAO where everyone can manage that. So new opportunities. For me, it's showing people the new opportunities, what the NFTs can bring to the space. And of course, from the blockchain side, the security of those and the way they can be managed, I think it's a lot safer than a lot of things that we have in this space now and on a kind of bad mouth, maybe traditional banking or other bits and pieces. It's been functioning for a long time, but I think it's been functioning for so long that we definitely need something new and something new comes along once in a while. And before you know, it's the talk of the town. I had this exact same situation with YouTube, right? Because I was on YouTube very, 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 very start, maybe a year or two after it launched. But there was a very small, like having a thousand subscribers, that was big, like, whoa. And having a 30,000 subscribers, it was huge. So after my kind of time in the space, I amassed 6 million subscribers across all my platforms. But I remember when it was starting. And right now, I feel this excitement because I feel I'm at that same point where YouTube was when I started around 15 years ago, you know, recording my first videos. And I feel like I'm in that exact same spot in the NFT space right now. It's really exciting. And I think in regards to that mass adoption, I think it's just going to prove itself with time. The same way YouTube proved itself when people started using it more. And we're getting more and more users in the NFT space all the time. But 
once those new functionalities were added to, I guess, on YouTube as well, when you could start watching these videos, you had some kind of experience from it. You had some joy, some fun. You could learn things. You could be in part of specific communities. It's kind of, I know it's a very different space, like, you know, digital video content and NFTs, but I've noticed that there is so much crossover on the underlying layer in regards to the way we as humans approach these sorts of things. And I think it's not whether mass adoption is coming and what we can do to bring it in. I think with Niftables, we can maybe speed up the process, but I think it's something that's coming inevitably. I mean, you can see it in this space right now with Instagram and integration and other, all these, you know, GameStop, all these other big projects that are getting into the space. And for me, it's a matter of time. It's just a matter of time until it's proven. And I'm super happy and excited that I, I got in early at the same kind of way I was in, in YouTube back in the day. It is exciting, right, at this stage. And Audrey, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, as a relatively new entrant into the crypto realm here over the last year, in particular, like, what are those triggers, like, for you, when you hear Stuart talk about this, like, what are the things that are most important to you as, again, a relatively new entrant to the space? I think what Stuart said that really kind of spoke to me is the mention that he's platform doesn't just have what the traditional platforms have, which is just a place for you to put your NFTs. But it seems to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, Stuart, that there is way more to it in the sense that you could do your marketing, your branding, all of this together as a white label, you know, if you white label your project that way. And so it seems to me like there is so much more. And you mentioned, you know, you used to do influence marketing or you're pretty connected in that sense. And so I think there might be something in there that could be useful to those brands other than what the traditional marketplace have, right? Everything, everything, what you just said and more. I think to nicely summarize it, at this moment in time, most projects have, you know, either way from launching on on OpenSea and having that integration with Rarible as well from the OpenSea side, most projects are making these very basic landing pages, right? Because they want that element to display their project, to display their roadmap in some way, to have a little bit of customization rather than just launching on OpenSea and, and Rarible. Of course, OpenSea and Rarible, it's, it's built traditionally for that secondary market, right? But what we're doing is saying, by the way, if you're building this minting page, this very simple minting page, well, here's your full marketplace and here's all your customization. And now you're not actually any more limited by open season wearable interface, right? And all of the customization features that you can add there. Now you can do it all yourself. And you have your own mini open sea wearable, but with everything that you wanted to add. And you're not limited. You can, you can be really creative with, with NFTs nowadays, but you can't be really creative with the most of the platforms that you're launching on. Because, and again, there's so many kind of marketplaces upcoming, but in my opinion, from what I've seen, most of them are just, and, and with all due respect to them, but you know, a lot of people are trying to get quickly into the space, but a lot of them that I've seen are mainly kind of basic Web2 e-commerce platforms with a connect your wallet, right? That's absolutely not what we've wanted to ever do. You know, we're kind of coming from the other approach, like build everything NFT first, and then add the working e-commerce site second so that it has that you know, working back-end functionality in that respect. But yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what we have. We're a all-in-one solution. We even, for the clients that we partner with, we even help with the strategy, with the roadmap, advisory. You know, it's all negotiable. If someone wants to do that themselves, they just want a drag-and-drop marketplace. Here you go, design it. 
you know, happy days, do your thing. But if someone really is struggling to get into the space, and I think that's another problem with all these no-code marketplaces, right? Okay, they're there. But even if there's no code, the companies don't even understand what an NFT is and what NFTs they should do and what people like. So we're there to help as well. We're not just a marketplace. We're your, your go-to guys. We're the guys that are going to sit down with you on the call. We're going to talk with you about everything. We're going to tell you what's working with up-to-date in the space. You know, we have some tricks in the marketing side. We have these, you know, strong partnerships with specific but different chains and different technologies that we can help. We can connect you with the best 3D artists, best designers. It's like your shortcut. It's like being, you know, it's like the difference between trying to launch YouTube yourself and there is the, you know, you have the whole platform. It is no code. You can just upload a video. But then you can also go to someone who's already famous and they can say, hey, just come. I'll teach you how to do everything. And it, at the same time, you get some of my followers and you get some of my growth. So we're that kind of that hype guy, that boost guy, that person yeah. that's going to come in and it's going to help you get into the space. So not only are you getting the platform, but you're also getting the knowledge and the understanding and hopefully learning that we also have the knowledge and understanding to trust us to do the job for you. So you can just sit back as a company and say, these guys know what they're doing. We wanted to do this, this and this. They've done it. Now we can chill, relax and our awesome platform it's really cool and yeah at the end of the day they might not even have to potentially understand it whereas in a, a traditional kind of deploying a no-code marketplace you still have to understand something or you have to hire someone who understands it and that person isn't always you know to find that person as well in this space very tricky if someone knows what they're doing they're probably already working on their own collection so you know we're there to help people get into the space as well in, in that respect yeah man most definitely Exciting times Sorry. for sure. And, and no, you're good. One of the things that you mentioned though, is this marketplace we we're talking about that. I just wanted to check in with you on that. Are you guys on track? I think you had, was it July in the roadmap that you were targeting originally for the launch? Is that, are we on track for that? Like what's the story on the uh, timeline for, for the, the primary, for the white label marketplaces or the secondary? Marketplace? Sorry, the secondary marketplace. Yeah. So the secondary marketplace, we had a little bit of pushback because we added a lot. In fact, we added some cool new features to the white label technology. Okay. But the great thing is that technology, once it's built and written, mm -hmm. it's the same on the secondary marketplace. So they're being built simultaneously, right? If you're building some code for selling an NFT, it will work on the white label platform, but yeah. that same code will also work in the secondary marketplace. And that's another cool thing for the side of mass adoption, because these 98% of users who are coming in from our big creators and brands, they're bringing in their followers. These guys, most of them have no idea about NFTs. Once they become familiar with the white label platform, they will already know how to use the secondary marketplace once it's live. Because nice. the code is, you know, based, same code base, it's the same user interface base mostly. So they'll feel, you know, safe and they'll feel that they understand it, right? Which is great. That was very important for me. So the secondary marketplace, it's delayed in time a little bit because I would say it's because we've added more features to the white label platform, like we've taken from the secondary marketplace. So the ability to actually have your own secondary marketplace built into your white label platform. We've mm -hmm. now brought that to the forefront because a lot of our Gamify and Metaverse projects have wanted that built in for multiple purposes. So they'll have their own secondary marketplaces. Now, we brought that coding from the secondary marketplace to the white label platform to give them the secondary marketplace first. Yeah, But it's all being built simultaneously. I think we have, I would say, a couple of months, I would say, where we would have it later. And there's also a lot of features that are coming all the time, right? The space is evolving. There's loads of things that are happening in the space that require us to adjust, to change. And the market absolutely has not helped at the moment. All right. But all things considered, in regards to white label platforms, we're on track, but we want to actually build them out more because there's a much larger demand for that. 
And the secondary marketplace will come when there's time for it because there's a lot of crazy stuff that we want to add there. But right now, our main focus yeah. is the white label platforms, mainly for user acquisition and also to help these big creators and brands get into the space. So that goes hand in hand. It makes sense. And, and we know like as entrepreneurs and software entrepreneurs in particular, it's always a moving target. You learn so much as you start to build and iterate and test, right? So the timelines are, are most definitely fluid. So we're used to yeah. that, but great to understand where you're at on that. And you mentioned partnerships yeah. as well. Any particular partnerships that you wanted to elevate that you could mention on the show? Yeah, I mean, a great one we had recently was with Polygon. So we got mm. some strategic partnerships, some marketing partnerships, which is great for our clients as well, right? Because Polygon will know that our clients are verified, you know, done our due diligence on them. So if they decide to give them a marketing push when they launch because they're white label platforms on Polygon, the client is also, you know, gaining some kind of additional benefits from that as well. So all these kind of small partnerships, Polygon, absolutely not small, but I say all the, the smaller partnerships that we have as well, they can help with getting that new collection out into the world for our clients. In regards to creators and brands, most of them, most of them are under NDA until launch, but there's two that we can mention because we're very close. So we have a very large Banksy collection right now. It's a two or three pieces of art. We're still defining the third one, but the nice. two ones are going to be fragmented into multiple pieces and then they're going to be divided kind of within the platform. We also have another collection I can't say, but its valuation is at $65 million, which is absolutely crazy. And that's going to be split. So it's not no fragmentation there. It's split into pieces of 10, which they can then be merged back up into the full piece of art. So you can have multiple ownership or you can kind of buy per five pieces with a friend and have that dual ownership. And then you can merge it back up and exchange it for the physical actual piece of art, which is stored in a vault. So there's kind of loads of little kind of stem off legs of things that we're doing in the background. And one of our creators, I think our main creator, who's also part of our core team, Jay Brewer, and he's absolutely fantastic, amazing guy. And we're focusing on his, we want to have his collection, one of the first to launch as well. He owns the largest reptile zoo in the world. Absolutely amazing guy. Shout out, Jay, if you're listening. He's not too tech friendly, so he might not be listening, but he's an absolutely fantastic guy. And we want to do something really cool for him as well. So I think his platform will showcase a little bit of what we're capable of when that launch. So these are two, you know, completely different sides, right? The art side and the kind of traditional influencer side, but we're catering to both markets. And the other projects I would maybe not go into at the moment just for you know NDA purposes, yeah. but there are a few. I just don't want anyone to maybe potentially get upset that we've maybe announced that something's coming or so on. You know, I would have to check their agreements for specifics, but I think will come in time. We will have all our announcements coming out soon as well as we go along. And as the white label platforms launch as well, we'll be able to track them and see what's being launched from our side. But Personally, I can tell you that there's a lot of exciting mm -hmm. things coming. I just can't share all of the details right now, but I can't wait to show who we're working with and, and what we're doing. Yeah. I think, Stuart, you've been mentioning some really small names, people we've never heard of, like Banksy and such. <laughs> I mean, those are, they're pretty incredible partnerships you have. And every time you talk about Banksy, I think about that shredded piece that he had. And so now that you're talking about fragmentalized, like assets, then it's fine. We don't need to shred it anymore. Banksy, I love that. I love that you guys are working with, together with him on those. Yeah, so many cool projects. And I can tell by your excitement that you love to announce some more. And whenever you're ready, just let us know. We'd love to spread the word. It's really exciting stuff. Just Stuart, like we've talked a lot about I personally it. prefer to keep things from my experience as an influencer. I've learned yeah. don't tell people what you're doing because they'll just <laughs> end up doing it. 
Oh, right. So I'd taken the other approach and I just said, I, where we kept silent for so long, we didn't even do any, you know, yeah. any actual hard marketing push. And I don't feel the need because I don't feel a worry yeah. in building communities and growing what we've built. I think if you build something good, it will just defend itself and people will use it. Especially, as, you know, we have the already these the big partnerships that we have with different creators and brands that are going to yeah. be redirecting people to the platform. So that will come kind of be hand in hand with the marketing side as well. They'll be redirecting to the platform. The users create the Niftables account and then they'll be part of the ecosystem. The user has a fantastic platform. The creator has a fantastic platform. The user has fantastic user experience. Everyone's happy and we're growing as a company. So it's a win-win situation for all sides. It's all about co-creation, um, man. Yeah. yeah, you guys, uh, clearly exactly. that's part of your DNA, man. And that's amazing to see. And you know, speaking of like co-creation and, and influences from other partnerships and whatnot, I wanted to ask, when you look at the landscape of NFTs and Web3 today, what other projects inspire you? There's a few projects in regards to NFT projects or general. Yeah. As it, we'll call it NFT and Web3 in general. Yeah. Where are you drawing inspiration from? I think personally, this may sound strange or I'm not sure how you, you might take this, but most of my kind of my emotions and feelings and things that I'm kind of coming up with are just in my head. There's, <laughs> I'm not really looking at other projects and drawing inspiration and saying, I'm going to copy that because, or do that. Or it's, of course, inspiration is, it goes hand in hand with being inspired by something that's already been done. Whereas in my head, there's things happening. This kind of sounds like I'm crazy. In my head, there's visions and things happening that haven't been done yet. And that's what I want to bring to the table. That's what excites me the most bringing things that have not ever been done to the table. And I mean, there are a lot of projects out there that are really doing amazing, inspiring things, of course. But in regards to all these kind of bits and pieces, it's rather, a lot of them came out of, rather than inspiration, they came out of frustration. Like, why is this not done? Why is this not working? Why do I have to do 50 steps to do this? So if that in correlation to the platform, then I would say more out of frustration of how complex it was to get into the space. That's where that came from. But yeah. projects that inspire me, I would say, maybe not with Niftables itself, but projects that inspire me in the space. A lot of, I would say, there's a lot of big things that are upcoming. I don't know if I can mention some of them because I know them you know, from behind the scenes. There's, I think I can one. There's Unbounded Network, which is a fantastic a new wallet that's coming out with the compatibility for all chains. And there's some crazy stuff going on there. They're going to have some very, very cool stuff. And there's people behind the scenes there that are working on it that are very, very clever and very intelligent. And maybe it's not an art side, maybe it's not a kind of NFT side, but the way they've approached, I just like the way they've approached it. And they it's come from the same thing. Maybe that's why I like it. The frustration of why is having a cryptocurrency wallet not so simple? Why can't you have all your chains into one wallet? Why can't they be interchangeable, intertradable within one wallet? It doesn't matter what chain they're on. Why can't this be done? So I think that same, maybe that's just my approach. I, I'm not going to speak for them, but I see right. that there may have been some frustration, like why is this just not simplified? And that's the same approach that I have. So that's the project that I really like and big shout out to the to the guys who are behind that because they're absolutely fantastic guys. Yeah, big I love, also, man. Just one yeah. thing to, to point out on that too, man, is like just that it's being inspired by that big problem. Right. Like the yep. big problem that needs fixing. And you said it, why is this not done? And yes, not a lot of people, I think, have the actual, you know, wherewithal to ask that question and also come out the other side of it and find the answer to it. Right. And 
you know, kudos for going down that path and taking that charge to do it because it's what will be an inflection point for NFTs and really everything that's forthcoming in the world of the metaverse and foundations that we're building today. So mm. it starts there. And so yeah, you're among a, a rare group of folks willing to do that, man. It's awesome. I'll put it all on the line and see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah. So we really appreciate it, man. I appreciate you sharing the ins and outs of Niftables with us. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe, it's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. You know, we wanted to, to take a moment and shift gears a little bit and get your personal perspective on some questions. It's a segment that we call Edge Quick Hitters, and it's really a fun, quick way to get to know you a little bit better. We're looking for short, single word or few word responses, but based on the response, we may go a little bit deeper and it's just 10 total. So, you know, what do you think? You want to dive in on these things? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Question number one, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? The first thing I ever remember purchasing, oh, I'm going to say Pokemon cards. Yeah. Because that sits in my head. Nice. Nice. The Pokemon generation. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. With the Pokemon card side, I saw this trend coming up before, like literally before Gary Vee and Logan Paul started talking about it on the internet. I saw the trend because I was I was in a kind of retreat. I was having a lot of time away from everything. I was just sitting and kind of reminiscing on past things and Pokemon cards are one of them. And I saw them all coming up and started. I saw these Charizard cards, the kind of the rarest one, the shadowless with the top 10 grade, the 10 grade, right? So these things I saw on, on um, kind of on eBay, I think it was originally or another similar site. And I got excited to get about it again. I was going into the space, started purchasing all those kind of the rarest ones, the PSA graded, the best PSA graded ones and so on. And then a week later, Gary Vee started talking about it. Two weeks later, Logan was talking about it and I'd already purchased all of these cards. And I got oh, really wow. frustrated because I had one order 
that was still out on eBay that I paid for. It was, they were waiting to send it. It was two weeks, but I was ordering it from all these crazy sites, right? I had boxes, cartons of these cards that no one had ever used. I bought it for like $10, $15. I went through them and the whole collection was like $1,500, right? I mean, it might not oh, wow. seem like a huge upgrade, but, and at the time it takes to process, but I was you know, packing them all and then I put them on the side. It was, oh, it was absolutely Big crazy. win, man. Amazing. And none of that when you were three. <laughs> yeah, well, that side was the big win, but the loss was that I had a couple of very, very rare cards that I had purchased and I was waiting two weeks for the user to send them out. And this was exactly the time where Logan started talking about it, where Gary Vee was talking about it. And they returned my funds uh... rather than sending it. And they said, oh, we had some problems with delivery. And that was the biggest loss because that was my biggest purchase. I think it was quite a big purchase. Yeah. Amounts here, but it was a much larger purchase. Ah, uh, that's a bummer, mentioned. Man. Yeah. It is what it is. It, it is what it, it is, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's a net win at the end of the day, right? You were in the black on it. So that's good. Yeah. Well, let's go to question two. And it's the flip <laughs> side. And that is, what right. is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? I think I had a server on Minecraft back in the day. Okay. And this is like, when we're talking about my whole life, it's not that long ago, but I just have a very yeah. vague uh, memory of my early days. It's all good. You've been so doing, to keep the you've been doing a short, lot. I would say it's probably... <laughs> Probably a Minecraft server, like access, okay. like bonuses and things yeah. to a Minecraft server. That's very right. cool. First Minecraft server. Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of Minecraft servers back in the day. Yeah. Question number three. What is the most recent thing you purchased? A little easier. A little easier. Well, anything, literally. The last thing I purchased today was a Diet Coke. <laughs> All right. In McDonald's. Drive through. All right. The there, did yeah. you get some fries with that or just a No, I tried to. I had a neck injury once. So I was oh. in a wheelchair even for a couple of weeks. I can't really do any training. I try a little bit, but oh, kind of more rehabilitation. But obviously, that means that I can't be, because I can't train, I have to watch my weight. So that means I don't really eat too many carbs. And of course, got it. Fries from McDonald's, there's a lot going on there. And uh, they're so tasty. But that, and that's, <laughs> yeah. They are so tasty. Once in a while, I have to take them, yeah. but that's why yeah. the Diet Coke. And that also explains the Diet Coke for you. There it is. We got it. Mm -hmm. Question number four. What is the most recent thing you sold? I haven't sold it yet, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. An air conditioning unit <laughs> from really? my old apartment. Yeah, nice. I sold my apartment oh, recently. Wow. So, oh, congrats! One of yeah, one of my apartments. Yeah. I had an air conditioning unit, and I have it in storage. And one of my friends was there. He just saw it. He said, "Hey, is this for sale?" I was like, "Yeah, why not? <laughs> you just <laughs> take it yeah, for sure." And that was it. That's how that Anything went, you can do to clear out storage, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, question number five: What is your most prized possession? My most prized possession, I would say this: it's a rosary. Oh, wow. cool! It's a rosary. I will say I'm not super religious. But there's reasoning that it's linked. You know, my mother recently fell ill with cancer and she was doing the rosary every day. And I found my rosary that I received on communion because she brought me up in the traditional mm -hmm. sense. And she said that this kind of few words sounded like that. I started doing it with her to I just started to do the rosary with her. Not so she would feel better, but so I guess I just wanted to do it with her. I don't know. It was something inside me that said I wanted to do it with her, to be closer to her, to yeah. you know, give her that kind of extra sense of closeness, of safety, of, of me being there. Because I completely, I moved country to be back with her, right? To look after her as well. So we were there. And then I found my rosary from my confirmation or communion 
she I think I can't remember she gave to me or it was given to me from someone and then she gave it to me and told me that it has a backstory but I'm not going to go into it here but it is from some holy place and it was from the actual the previous pope who was Polish and he had blessed it and it was his private rosary and he'd given it to another pope oh, I, I am telling the story he gave it yeah. to another <laughs> priest who then the, that priest was my godfather and then he gave it to me and then my mom well, he gave it to my mom and my mom gave wow. it to me long story short I wear it to I guess as you could say as, as a positive omen for my mother's well-being yeah man hey that's very special other than sure. that I don't really keep I try not to keep too many worldly possessions I would say there's not yeah. too much I'm with you on that Our question number six if you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, an experience, it's currently for sale, what would it be? What do you have your eye on, Stuart? Biotech, a biotech company. Because hmm. of my long, that's something I would really be, I'm fascinated about and I've, I've been into for quite a while. Yeah. And that's extending the human lifespan. That goes way beyond NFTs. But if the NFT side goes well, then that's what I would love to do next. That's where I would like to see myself. Because I figured... If you can extend the human lifespan, then you don't really, or maybe in other words, you'll have much more time to figure out what it is that you want to do in life. And mm. if you get it wrong the first time, then you're not a dead end. You have more time to figure it out, right? And that's what okay. I wanted to give to other people, but also to myself. So it's not really, in some respect, it's selfish, but it's also giving, right? It's, yeah. I wanted more time because there's many things I would like to do. But most of the things that I want to do are also giving to others for the betterment of the human race. This is kind of sounds crazy, right? But no, that's where I would like to be. Whether I achieve it or not, I'm not really bothered. I think it's a solid enough goal that even if you don't achieve it, you can be proud that you tried to get there in some way. And of course, the NFT space, the technology space, I think that's in some respect and a lot of the context that I'm getting to meet in the space as well because of it. I think it's a good stepping stone to that area. And I don't mean that I'm going to be jumping into that in two or three years, maybe in 10 yeah, or sure. the faster, the better, of course, for us all, because we're all aging, right? But yeah. I think we're going to get there at some point soon anyway. it's Again, it's inevitable, but maybe we can speed things up a bit before it's only for the next generation. Maybe we'll still, you know, be able to jump into that race somehow. Time um, is precious. Imagine, yeah, yeah yes. I could imagine your yes. first customer would be Elon, Elon Musk. It seems to be very <laughs> appreciative of that. We'll take more of his time. I don't think I would be the person to come up with it, right? Because I don't have a specifically scientific or, or medical background. But what I would love to do is have enough funds to build the infrastructure for that. And I believe that with some right guidance and vision, it's possible. I think, I'm, you know, knowing, having a very strong contact list, not that I do have one now, but maybe in the future, I have a better one. If I'm into the space, it's a little bit more. If the NFT company is successful and so on and so forth, then maybe there's a way to bring people together to really put more time and effort into it. I think that's where I would see myself. So not the actual doctor who makes the successful experiment and it's 100% success, everyone's happy, then we start popping pills and living for thousands of years. But maybe I can kind of speed things up because I think a lot of things can be sped up in life looking at the general space of things. And it's just a question of organization and managing specific tasks. And most importantly for me, getting the right people on the team. I think maybe these people are spread across different companies right now, but you know, with the right funding, with the right kind of infrastructure, and I think maybe those people could come and work in one place, put all their minds together, and maybe it could be done faster. Maybe I'm more time. just being naive. Maybe I'm just being naive. But why time not? will tell. But if we had a little bit more of it, I'm sure it would help us get there for sure. <laughs> yeah. For Question sure. seven: If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Forgiveness. Hmm. 
That's a nice one and too rare. Wow. Question eight. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? I would like to somehow, I did suffer a strong bout of this when I was younger, depression. I'm not sure if I could categorize that as a, as a character trait. However, it's something that really, really took me down. But from mm. that battle, it's taught me a lot and it's got me to where I am today as well. But that's something that, I think anyone who goes through it, I think they, they're in the same, they don't have words for it, right? So yeah. I would love that to be gone. <laughs> Completely sure. understandable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A little easier now. Question number nine. <laughs> what did you do just before joining us on the podcast? Had a shower. All I right. Tennis, went to the gym, <laughs> got myself a bit woken up, and then tried to find the perfect space in my family home where the Wi-Fi was good enough to work. It turned out there wasn't one, so I'm now connected to my phone's Wi-Fi. And we've been fine oh, for wow. the entirety of the call, so that's very good, but I've been worried that it's been, well, it's been, getting a it's been great. It's been great, man. Sounds like a lovely day so far. Mm -hmm. Question number yeah. 10. What are you going to do next after the podcast? I may... It's pretty late. <laughs> I mean, it's working times. I function much better in the evenings. Oh. And my apologies for these not being two or three word answers, but I do... You're fine, brother. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Let me try to keep this one short. I will probably get back to work yeah wow all right there's a lot of stuff to do right now so there is you're emails. working on game-changing stuff so we support that and endorse that next step for you so yeah that's edge quick hitters to appreciate you sharing with us always fun to go Should just change that. it to slow hitters for my <laughs> one it's, uh, very slow, <laughs> slow it's all good very now. interesting hitters for mm -hmm. sure so we do appreciate that brother and in the interest of time i think we want to talk about where people should go to follow you and Niftables and all this amazing stuff that you're working on? I think our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Telegram and Discord, I think those are the key places to be. Some okay. of them have URLs that I would have to write out. You know, I mean, actually, if you go to niftables.com forward slash links, everything's there. Hey, there That's it the is. the most simple way. Why yeah. am I not surprised? An easy button for yeah, an easy exactly, button product, exactly. right? Exactly. Why yeah. not just have your own? Like, you know, everyone has this link tree on their Instagram. And literally a week ago, I said to our to our developers and designers, I said, guys, can you just make a niftables.com slash links? And then yeah. everyone can just go where they need to be. Just simplifying things. Make it simple, make it easy. Everyone can understand and everyone can get there to where they need to be. So um, Beautiful. if you want, feel free to, to meet us there. <laughs> yeah, check them out over there for sure. Also, word on the street is we had a little giveaway set up for today. It's oh, yeah. That yeah, so I don't, Stuart, I think it's $1,000 in Niftables native token, which if I'm not mistaken is NFT, right? I don't think we talked about that yet, but is that... We didn't talk about that. No, we are, our token launch is delayed at the moment, but we're in no rush to launch. The reason for that is I'm not taking the approach of let's just launch a token and get some quick funding and yeah. let's, you know, the token itself, you need to build an ecosystem around it. You need to have, again, the utility for the token itself. So before we go down that road, I'm adding as much utility as possibly thinkable, you know, to this token so that when it does come out, everyone is reaping the benefits. And I think it's maybe not an approach that everyone would like because a lot of people want to make, you know, a quick buck flips token that comes out on the market, goes up, you quickly sell it. Yeah. But that's not our approach. We're in the long term. We're in the long term game for sure. And that's why every kind of every update and every implementation that we have is adding some benefit to the token itself. So, and obviously the market, right? That's the big killer at the moment. So 
do we want to launch yeah. some, a token in the market where it's such a long-term project? But I'm not talking years here for the launch of the token. Definitely this year as well. But most likely of this course. year, we are playing it. We just want to, you know, when the market was better, it was easier to launch a token with less utility, right? Now the market's bad. We want to launch a token with more utility. So we've delayed that to add more utility to that side. And there's well, loads keep... of different utilities, but I won't be going into those now. Not because we're probably <laughs> right. out of time as well. So, yeah. <laughs> keep an eye out, guys. You're going to want to get a hold of these. If you've been listening today, you'll hear the passion and the commitment to delivering on this vision that Stuart has shared with us today. So get a hold of them. Keep an eye on our socials for all the details on how to enter that giveaway. And again, we appreciate the generosity there. Okay, well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Stuart, thanks again for sharing this time with us today. This episode was brought to you by today's guest and sponsor. The creators of Edge of NFT will be compensated to support the production costs associated with the program. We are very selective when deciding who to have on these shows, but we are learning as we go just like you. The views expressed are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to serve as an endorsement or investment advice. You are urged to do your own research as well as consult a reputable financial advisor before making any investment or purchase decision.